Tonight, why do the progressives think that everything is racist, even everything that pertains to the Wuhan virus? It's February the 3rd. I'm David Menzies, and this is The Ezra LeVent Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hey folks, how are you digging those new travel restrictions that kicked in on Monday? You know how Canadians are being shuttled off into hotels that are now quarantine facilities. Hopefully these properties aren't supersized versions of the Roach Motel. Black Flag Roach Motel. Roaches check in, but they don't check out. Yikes, forget about black flags. I think the feds want returning snowbirds to wave the white flag of surrender. But it is perversely amusing to see the federal government scrambling to contain potential inbound candidates who might test positive for the Wuhan virus because the feds are about a year too late on this file, really. Do you remember around this time last year when we would make almost daily visits to Toronto's Pearson International Airport to prove the fallacy that the borders had been closed? Well, maybe the bridges were closed to non-essential vehicle traffic, but international flights were still coming into Canada around the clock, including up to 10 flights a day from China. Yeah, you know, the country of origin for the Wuhan virus. Indeed, one of the reasons that Taiwan makes for a model country in terms of how to deal with the Wuhan flu is that this nation didn't shut down its economy, but rather moved quickly to ban flights coming into Taiwan from the various virus hotspots. So why didn't we do that same strategy so many moons ago? Well, the answer is that it would be potentially racist to do so, you recall. I mean, we must be sensitive when it comes to diversity, after all. Diversity is our strength, and if we banned flights coming into Canada from certain diverse nations, well, that's egregious. It would be like building a wall for border security or something. This is especially true when it comes to the way this current federal liberal government rolls because we know how Justin Trudeau feels about China. Sure, thanks to spawning the virus, China is responsible for untold trillions of dollars of economic damage the world over. Oh, but Justin, he admires communist China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China um, because they're, you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast. Thank you ever so much, Prime Minister Blackface. You know, to this day, folks, I still cannot believe that a man who would go on to be the leader of a Western democracy would wax poetically about a brutal communist regime, one that continues, by the way, to illegally detain two Canadian citizens in an inhumane fashion. In any event, going back to a year ago, those in government and the bureaucracy and academia 
were oh so hypersensitive about racism when it came to the coronavirus file. Indeed, we were sternly informed that the very name of the virus is the uber-generic COVID-19. Now, more often than not, I continue to refer to this bug as the Wuhan virus. President Donald Trump almost always called this virus the China virus, but when COVID is referred to in such a way, well, the progressives just lose their minds. Oh, you can't blame China, they would say. You can't single out this country, the country of origin, for the starting off point for this virus, because that's um, racist. Even though there was a long history, folks, of naming a virus after the point of origin. So it is that the West Nile virus is so named because it was first discovered in the West Nile area of Uganda. Lyme disease was first recognized back in 1975. Researchers were investigating why unusually large numbers of children were being diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis in the town of Lyme, Connecticut, and two other neighboring towns. Gee, do you think maybe West Nile virus and Lyme disease are racist terms towards Ugandans and the fine people of the great state of Connecticut? Yeah, I know, Ugandans and Connecticans, they're not races, but that doesn't matter to those who are race-obsessed. Still, this is how we roll in the world today. China seems to have favored nation status. We're not supposed to embarrass China or anger China. Hey, they might just stop shipping stock to Dollarama. And as such, we really better not call this pandemic the China virus or the Wuhan flu because, well, like I said before, pinpointing a virus's geographic origin, should it originate in China, is an act of racism. And so it is, we must forever refer to this virus as COVID-19. COVID-19, isn't that a planet in the Star Trek universe situated somewhere between Rigel IV and Uranus? Still, isn't it downright odd that the variants of COVID-19 are named after the geographic hotspots from which they originate? So it is we have the UK variant and the South African variant and the Brazilian variant as opposed to COVID-19 A, B, and C. Good golly, why does the World Health Organization hate the UK and South Africa and Brazil so much? <laughs> but I digress. You see, when the progressives latch on to racism, they make a left turn at the bizarro world and crash land in the twilight zone. To them, everything must be seen through a race-based lens, even <laughs> viruses. Don't believe me? Here's another case in point. Ontario Premier Doug Ford recently recorded a stay-home message in 22, count them, 22 different languages. Here, check it out. To all Ontarians who are doing the right thing and staying at home, from the bottom of my heart, I wanna thank you. And just in case some of you need a quick reminder of what we're asking, please stay at home. Garma Raho, Life Alchabit House. Gare Takun, Stats Akasa, Ostani Kodkucha, Ostani Kuchi, 
Kurie Uchu, Ostani Doma, Dune Menachek, Tisha Ru Babait, Korta Pateshe, Agwade Gun Dase Wande Rundak, Nase Wanun Skun, Ten Ayayad, Stoi Tasi, Lakushti, Garme Baso, Bertil Tamasikuka. Now, I'm no fan of how Premier Cherry Cheesecake has handled this pandemic. Far from it. But you would think that the left and the progressives and the social justice warriors would embrace such multilingual messaging. It's inclusive, after all. Doesn't the left love inclusivity? And diversity is our strength, right? And 22 languages. Now, that's diversity galore. And yet, as I drove into Rebel headquarters the day this PR exercise debuted, talk radio was all abuzz of SJW types screaming that Ford should not have stated stay-at-home messaging in 22 languages because that wasn't inclusion, that was appropriation. And what he should have done is find 21 other people whose mother tongue is Italian, French, Mandarin, etc., and let them do the talking. Yeah, that's right. Let's make a simple 50-second clip into a government mega-project that will, par for the course, take forever to complete and sport an off-the-lot price of five or even six figures <laughs> as though we aren't already spending money that we don't have as it is, eh? But surely the jump-the-shark moment vis-a-vis -vis the Wuhan virus and allegations of racism emanated from the tall forehead types running the York Region District School Board. You see, way back in January 2020, these educrats had a conniption regarding a petition that was being signed by thousands of parents who were actually spot on the money when it came to recognizing that this new strain of novel coronavirus that was first diagnosed in Wuhan, China, should not be taken lightly, even though the federal government and even the Public Health Agency of Canada were reassuring Canadians not to fret that everything was under control. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. And the government maintained this narrative all the way until St. Patrick's Day, really, when suddenly there was this realization that we got to do something. Too bad that the do something translated into locking down the economy. But this, that is a tale rather for another time. But back to that petition, which was condemned as racist by the York Region District School Board. Please keep in mind that thousands of the parents who signed it were themselves of Chinese descent. Anyway, you tell me if this petition makes for hate speech, or if it's a prediction that today looks downright prescient. Quote, stop the potential spreading of the novel coronavirus in the schools of York Region, Ontario. We are parents from schools in York Region. The recent outbreak of the coronavirus of China has progressed so quickly. After the first case was confirmed in Wuhan, China on January 12th, Within only two weeks, the virus has reached multiple major metropolis, including Shanghai, Beijing, and Guangzhou, as well as other countries in Asia, Europe, and North America.
you may have already been aware of the disease and its severity. However, we still have a few reasons for our kids, parents, teachers, schools, and community to take extra actions on this fast-spread disease. January 25, 2020 is Chinese New Year. Traditionally, large amounts of people travel nationwide or even internationally during this period to meet family and friends, which tremendously increases the chance of infection. Meanwhile, in the next few weeks, families went to China, will travel back to Canada. It will definitely bring the virus into our country and makes the next two to four weeks being the peak time of this infectious disease transmission. York Region has a large Chinese-Canadian population. There were a lot of people traveling to China before or during the Chinese New Year. We cannot be overly cautious in protecting our children. We want to urge the following. We strongly need the school board to ask students and their teachers who traveled back from China to report to school and classroom teacher. The school should keep tracking status of the students who recently traveled to China, not just Wuhan, any city of China. Other parents of the class should have the right to know whether there are students in the class coming back from China recently and have the right to decide whether to keep their kids at home. We ask that the school board send out a communication to all parents requesting students who or whose families have recently returned from China to stay at home and keep isolated for a minimum of 17 days for the purpose of self-quarantine. Allow students to wear safety equipment, including respirator masks during school. For the safety of children and teachers, the school and classroom teachers should advise students to strictly follow safety guidelines to prevent the spread of the new coronavirus in school. This should advise staff to do so as well. Please let us know your decisions. Your patience and considerations are deeply appreciated." End quote. Wow! Now, the point is, whether or not you agree with the government's current response to the lockdown, this parental petition seems to be downright prophetic, not racist. And yet, how did the educrats at the York Region District School Board react at the time? Well, check out this lovely letter jointly written by Trustee Juanita Nathan and Louise Sorisco, Director of Education. Quote, while the virus can be traced to a province in China, we have to be cautious that this not be seen as a Chinese virus. Those who are afflicted or are potential transmitters are not just people of Chinese origin, end quote. The letter then encourages students to practice good hygiene, but get this, the York Region dynamic duo notes that, quote, students should not wear medical masks, end quote. Oh, well, as Uncle Jed Clampett used to say, yeah, ain't that something? Given that these days, a kid who doesn't wear a mask risks, I don't know, expulsion? <laughs> oh, by the way, do you know who organized that petition? Urgen Lee, 
That's right, urgently. That sounds pretty ethnic to me, but going by Nathan and Sarisco's hissy fit, you'd think that the author was Adolf McWhite supremacist. And again, let's recap Lee's four requests. One, that students identify themselves to the school if they or their immediate family have just come back from China. Two, that the school requests recent travelers to China self-quarantine for a minimum of 17 days. Three, that students be allowed to wear masks in school. And four, the public health guidelines be strictly followed. In other words, the petition was pushing for the exact same mandates our government is now insisting we embrace here and now. In the immortal words of Fred Willard, Hey, what happened? Yeah, what happened? Were the parents who signed this petition psychic? Or did our governments suddenly become, I don't know, racist in the last 12 months? Because what the parents were condemned for in 2020 is now being mandated policy under penalty of law in 2021. Or maybe, just maybe, the likes of Nathan and Sarisco are progressive nitwits that have absolutely no business teaching the children of York Region. Was that a little harsh? Well, here's another excerpt from their letter of last year demonizing parents. Quote, Situations such as these can regrettably give rise to discrimination based on perceptions, stereotypes, and hate. Individuals who make assumptions, even with positive intentions of safety, about the risk of others, request or demand quarantine, can be seen as demonstrating bias and racism, end quote. You know, I have to be honest here, they might be right about that hate part because whenever virtue signaling morons like Nathan and Sarisco put their words on paper, I can feel a little hatred percolating. By the way, last January, I did visit the Aurora, Ontario headquarters of the York Region District School Board to get their side of the story regarding this racism rubbish. Well, I'm here at the York Region District School Board. I was told that um, Ms. Sarisco is not available and I would have to go through the communications person, uh, Luceno Miguelo, um, for comment. So I called uh, Mr. Miguelo and um, first of all, he said that no one was available and then eventually he said that um, nobody will ever be available. They've said what they had to say online. Well, what a waste of time that was. I was told that somebody in communications would get right back to me as soon as possible. Yeah, 13 months later, radio silence. I guess the school board works by the mandates of geological time, you know, in which a millennium is a blink of an eyelash in relative terms. By the way, I did reach out again on Monday to Abbott and Costello, or I mean Nathan and Sarisco. I sent them an email in which I simply pondered if they were planning on issuing a public apology to those parents that they unfairly claimed to be racist last year. And this is the email response I received, quote, Thank you for contacting our office. 
This reply acknowledges receipt of your email message. Please note that our office receives hundreds of emails each week. Each one of them is important to us. We will forward your information to members of our senior staff responsible for schools and operational services for review. Kind regards, Director's Office, York Region District School Board." End quote. Yeah, I got one of those, your call is very important to us messages. And do you believe that claptrap folks, that they get hundreds of emails each week? I mean, the schools have been shut down in York Region. Nothing's happening there. And even if they were getting hundreds of emails, what about burning the old midnight oil and responding in a timely fashion? Oh, what am I saying? We're talking educrats here, folks. The people who make bankers hours look like slave labor scheduling. Indeed, it's now more than 48 hours later and still no response from Dumb and Dumber. That's a government bureaucracy for you. Moving at the speed of molasses going uphill in the wintertime. Could you imagine how these dolts would function in the private sector? Most of which, by the way, remains locked down, unlike those in the public sector, who continue to collect their salaries and their benefits and their bonuses. But hey, folks, don't despair. <laughs> We're all in this together. So in summary, here is the lesson for the day for the likes of Nathan and Sarisco, who are obviously way too busy or too entitled or too stupid to apologize to the thousands of parents that they slurred as being racist last year. Simply put, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist. Ladies, you really need to go back to school. Stay with us for more. Folks, did you hear the news? 13 new groups have been added to the terrorist list here in Canada. And one of them notably is the Proud Boys. And with his thoughts on that, here is the boss himself, Ezra Levent. So what do you make of that, uh, Ezra? The Proud Boys, but I believe the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, they're still considered moderates. They're not on the list yet. <laughs> it's, it's really incredible. This comes on the heels um, a couple weeks ago. Jagmeet Singh, the NDP leader, put a motion before the House that uh, was a symbolic motion. It, it was not a law or a bill. It had no teeth. It was just a symbol to declare the Proud Boys a terrorist group, and it passed unanimously. And so, of course, the Liberals said, okay, well, if the entire political spectrum agrees, we're going to ban this group in the same list as Al-Qaeda. In fact, today, they added also more Al-Qaeda affiliates, ISIS affiliates, and then in the middle of that, the Proud Boys, and some of our viewers might be saying, what's, what's the Proud Boys? Did they attack 9-11 on 9-11? Did they have, did they, were that, was that the Millennium Bomber trying to blow up LAX? Was that the Via Rail? Was that the guy who shot his way into Parliament, killed uh, Corporal Nathan Cirillo at the War Memorial and shot his way in? Uh, what's that all about? Yeah. No, Proud Boys <laughs> is an invention of our former comedian commentator, Gavin McInnes. It's sort of a rambunctious... Um, frat fraternity yeah. and uh, it was never incorporated that I knew of and it was never uh, it, 
you know, like the Boy Scouts, you can't just say, I'm a Boy Scout. You have, it's like a franchise and there's a book and you have to follow the rules and they can kick you out so it's controlled. The, boy, the Proud Boys were never like that. So you had different people saying, I'm a Proud Boy, I'm a Proud Boy. Gavin was sort of the boss of the Proud Boys. Um, in recent years, they have been called fascist and they got into some fights with Antifa in New York and they were prosecuted and a couple of the Proud Boys were jailed. Gavin McInnes repudiated and renounced and quit the Proud Boys after that battle in the street. It was sort of like a gang fight, Antifa versus Proud Boys in the streets of New York. So when someone went to jail for a fight, it became really serious. Gavin McInnes disavowed it. And actually, I think the, the guy who took it over is a, uh, a Latino man named Enrico Terrio, who it turns out is a is a undercover cop or something. So the whole thing's sort of iffy. Oh, but my point is, it's... Um, I don't know what information yeah. was used for uh, calling it a terrorist group. Uh, there was, as far as I know, it hasn't had any activities in Canada other than some Proud Boys meeting up for drinks or something. Yeah. There was that one time when five members of the Canadian Armed Forces, including Aboriginal fella, a gay fella, like a real diverse group of guys, went to counter-protest in support of Sir John A. Macdonald or something in, in Halifax. I, I remember that, at East, yeah. And there was no violence. There was just a political protest from a mix of people saying, no, 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 don't tear down. Uh, I think it, maybe it was a, a statue of someone else, but it was, uh, it was a statue that they wanted to knock down. So I think that's the only time the Proud Boys have actually ever done anything in Canada. And I remember a, a local Indian uh, chief or Aboriginal leader saying, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. Don't kick them out of the army. Um, you know, just it wasn't a big deal. This was a local Aboriginal leader who said this. So I think what this is, is two things. I think it's Trudeau trying to cotton onto the Capitol Hill riots exactly. of a month ago and trying to Canadianize that. He's trying to impress his friends, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Look, I'm banning them too. I'm so much more woke than you. But um, much more dangerously, he's trying to criminalize what was really a political fraternity. I'm, I'm not disputing yeah. that they had uh, street battles in New York on one occasion at yeah. least. Uh, and there may have been individual Proud Boys who were in Capitol Hill. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think it's an incorporated entity. It's just anyone who sort of says, yeah, I'm one of them. But to to call something, put it on the official terrorist list in Canada is an extremely serious step. Yeah. Because to say something's a terrorist group is to say, no, they're not just rowdy fraternity boys. They're not just uh, drunk guys who like to hang out and shoot the breeze. They are worse than Hell's Angels, yeah. worse than the Mafia, neither of which are on the terrorist list. They are on par with ISIS and Al-Qaeda, and so the full force of the law and the military and our spying and intelligence agencies and freezing and seizing bank accounts and special prosecutions uh, for giving any sort of support to these groups, whether, I mean, financial, but moral support, recruiting support, all the things, all the tools you would use to stop a terrorist from organizing, traveling, recruiting, flying, funding, having a flag, all those tools that we made after 9-11 to catch mass murderers and terrorists can now legally be deployed against this dopey fraternity club thing entity just because 
Justin Trudeau likes to censor anything on the right. Yep. Um, not a single MP said, huh, you know what? I'm all with denouncing the cause du jour, but to actually put this on the terrorist list, but not put real terrorist groups like Iran's terrorist group. Yep. I think we are in a bizarre world. And I'm not a proud boy. I mean, I, I know Gavin McInnes, the founder of it, and he renounced it and he got into some trouble because some of his uh, followers fought with Antifa on the street. And I don't like fighting either way. But to turn that into a terrorist group, that is a danger because of what they can do to those folks. And I think it's opening the door to criminalizing any conservative opposition to the liberals at all. I think you're right. And I think the proof is in the proverbial pudding here, uh, Ezra. You've mentioned a couple of times Antifa. Antifa is not on this list, no. eh? Or as I like to call them, the paramilitary wing of the Democrat yeah. Party. I mean, we have seen how these individuals have behaved. Um, watch ending go uh, videos, for example. Um, you know, their weapon of choice is a bike lock. They are extremely violent. Mm -hmm. And yet we hear apologies from the left that, oh, Antifa's not really a thing, it's not really a group, it's an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, there's really nothing to denounce, nothing to see here, folks, move along. Why the hypocrisy? Because I can tell you, in the history of Antifa, they've done a hell of a lot more damage than yeah. the, the Proud Boys have done. Yeah, and again, I don't know, um, I mean, I haven't really followed the Proud Boys carefully, and there may have been people wearing a Proud Boy shirt or saying, I'm a Proud Boy doing bad things. That may well have happened. I don't have in front of me you know, the intel on what they've done. But um, I do know that from following in the media, the only thing I've ever seen reported in Canada is five members of the Canadian Armed Forces who objected to tearing down, I think it was a John A. Macdonald statue in Halifax. It, that's I it. think it was Macdonald or maybe the founder of Halifax himself. It, it uh, may have, know, yes, I, I, but it was like yeah. such an innocuous thing and yeah. there was no violence there at all. So. And imagine is, that, going there to prevent vandalism. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and so I, I don't know what the spies and the counterterrorism people know that I don't know. But I know what the MPs know who voted for this. Yeah. They're just a right-wing group that it's uh, cool to bash because they're not woke and because Trump tweeted about them and mentioned them uh, in a debate. So I think this is a, a performance art for left-wing politicians and, and not a single MP of any party said, you know what, let's denounce them because they're bad, but to call them a terrorist group is going too far. And if all you need to do to call someone a terrorist group, put it on this terrorist list, is have a vote, we are in deep trouble. Because not everyone who's unpopular or even odious is a terrorist group. In yeah. fact, as, as we pointed out, there are terrorist groups not even on this terrorist list. And I think that this is a first step towards the criminalization of conservative groups, conservative opinion, conservative chats. I, I'm not a member of Proud Boys. I don't even know if one could be. Yeah. I don't know a single Proud Boy. I, I knew Gavin when he worked here. He's since renounced them. Um, I don't have any skin in the game. Yeah. But I see that if you can call that frat a terrorist group today, you can call pretty much anyone a terrorist group tomorrow. And 
Ezra, in the department of being careful not to throw rocks if you're in a glass house, when it comes to Jagmeet Singh, here's a guy who has a soft spot in his heart for the Khalistan movement. Uh, these are, you know, and, and we're talking about the Air India bombing going back to 1985, the, the biggest act of terrorism against Canada. And it, you know, we have seen him dance around that question about does he want uh, a Khalistan, a, a separate Sikh republic in India? And um, I understand there's perhaps, I mean, it's such a dead movement in India. There's probably more Sikhs in Canada that are pro-Khalistan than there might be in India. But do you find that kind of perverse that he's all about shutting down hate and violence and yet look at his position when it comes to that? Oh, you're right. And it's, it's not just casual. It's so bad that I think it was back in 2013, he applied for a visa to travel to India. They refused it. <laughs> and it's, it's not just him. Um, you might remember when Justin Trudeau flew to India on his big Bollywood dress-up tour. Can we forget? He brought um, a fellow, I'm going from memory, Jaspal Atwal, I think was his name, who wasn't yeah. just an extremist. He was a convicted terrorist who's chumming around with Trudeau, came over there, was an official VIP guest, and, could you and he was convicted of trying to murder an Indian cabinet minister who was on vacation yeah. in Canada. So... It's absurd that Justin Trudeau turns a blind eye to other radicals. You mentioned the Iran uh, Revolutionary Guard. Um, I, I just don't even know what the Proud Boys is yeah. because I don't know if it exists as a corporation, as an entity. It's just people saying they're Proud Boys. If it's someone with a tattoo, that's another thing. I don't even know what it is, what exactly has been turned into a terrorist entity. I don't know. I doubt police know. I think this is a political stunt. But what scares me about it is not that I think they're actually going to make a lot of arrests. I don't think it's an active thing in Canada. And I don't think anyone in Canada has actually done anything wrong. Um, it's just it shows that Trudeau can come and criminalize people he doesn't like. And there is not a peep from any civil libertarian or any MP, not it was unanimous, exactly. David. Yeah. So, does that really surprise you? you if know? it's not that I care so much about the Proud yeah. Boys, I I don't think I know one. I mean, and what is a Proud Boys? Is someone who says I'm a Proud Boy? I don't know. Yeah. But if they can be called a terrorist group with the waving of a wand, then one day you or I could be. And I'm afraid that no one will care. And no one will stand up because no one has cared and stood up today. 100%. You know, one last question, Ezra. Um, I think you're absolutely right on your theory that this goes back to last month's riots on Capitol Hill. As you said, you, myself, I don't know anyone that has any affiliation with the Proud Boys. So we don't have a dog in this race. But in the bigger picture, it's one thing to, I guess, you know, uh, criminalize a marginal group that has very few people. It's another thing to attack freedom of speech, especially right-leaning freedom of speech. And as we saw as a result of that Capitol Hill fiasco, uh, one of the casualties was President Trump himself being deplatformed yeah. de from Twitter. What I'm getting at is that the left and those in power and the Silicon Valley tech giants are going to always you know, hail back to the events on January 6th, I believe it was, as excuses for why they must maintain censorship and cancel culture. Yeah. And what's so interesting, and I'll close on this note, is 
they at least had that event there at their capital. Yeah. There was a goofy guy in a Viking hat sitting in the <laughs> Capitol building. Um, that's That actually happened, however goofy and strange and whatever the final facts of that story are. But it didn't happen here. And so while that's the fig leaf by which American censors are acting, yeah. what's Trudeau's excuse? There, there has been no track record of Proud Boys doing anything here. I mentioned the Halifax Five who did a peaceful pro-Canada march, yeah. and they were all Canadian Armed Forces members. So it's not like, like they didn't do anything violent. They were just mildly patriotic. There, I, I mean, unless I've missed the story, there was nothing. Yeah. So at least that was the fig leaf, that was the excuse, that was the Reichstag fire yeah. as, uh, in America. <laughs> we didn't have a fire. Yeah. We didn't have a, a, a Reichstag match. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing. And so if Trudeau will ban a group, not just ban them, call them terrorist criminals, make them outlaws, really, just because, and no one will speak out, I wonder what else he's thinking. He said, wow, that was easy. Yeah. Who's next on my list to devour? That's what scares me. And Trudeau's not done. Yeah. He gets hungrier the more he eats. Yeah. Well, Ezra, uh, great analysis. And there you have it, folks. Only in Justin Trudeau's Canada could five members go to a statue waving a Canadian flag, trying to prevent the statue from being vandalized and torn down. And that is somehow an act of terrorism. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Keep it here. More of the Ezra Levent Show to come right after this. Hey, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great evening and stay safe.